Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. This is Tracy Belt, Editor-in-Chief of Content for Realtrends. We're speaking to the top brokers in the country to take a peek at how they built their businesses. We'll talk about lessons learned, personal passions, and their top strategies for recruiting and retaining productive agents. Today, we're speaking with Karen Burks, co-owner of Virtual Properties Realty in Georgia. Welcome, Karen. Well, thank you for having me, Tracy. Yeah. Glad to be here. Well, uh, well, we want to congratulate you and also uh, find out a little bit about your brokerage. So tell me how you got started in the business and ultimately came to run your brokerage. Well, it was back in 1989. Um, I was reading the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and there was an article in there about um, buyer's connections or buyer's agencies. And they were really big in California, and they were, uh, there was a company called the Buyer's Connection that had opened up in Dunwoody that was going to just specialize in buyer agencies. I've always been interested in real estate, and but I was always afraid to take that exam. I just knew I, I was never a good student, terrible student. And I thought, well, I didn't want to be embarrassed and you know take that test and and fail it a bunch of times and embarrass you know my kids and everybody. So I put it off for years and years. And I thought, well, you know, I could do the buyer's agency. I would like that. So I went and got my real estate license and. You know, it took me six months of, you know, cliff notes of, you know, taking note cards and everything because I had to really study hard. I, I, had, I guess one would call it a learning um, challenge or whatever. I, I'm, I feel smart, but I don't learn quickly. So, but after six months, I did take the test, pass it the first time with a 92. So I was just like, oh my gosh, this old lady can do it. So um, this was, um, like I said, 1989. And then I joined the company that was, they were talking about in the article called the Buyer's Connection, very first company in Georgia to ever do buyer's agencies because before then everything was a sub-agent. Uh, you had, you know, they didn't even know. You could never represent a buyer. You always were representing the uh, seller and you were a sub-agent to so the listing agent. Well, one of my very good friends that was very successful was Ann Newton uh, with Remax. Um, she'd been with them for years and was a top producer. And I mentioned to her I was going to be a buyer's agent. She, her first reaction was, oh, my gosh, you are prostituting yourself. That was her word. She said, nobody will respect you. Um, you, you, know, you. You just better think about it twice. And so um, I went with them anyway because I, I didn't want to list. I didn't feel confident enough that I had the ability to – earn the respect, I guess, to become a, somebody, walk on, walk up to somebody and say, let me list your property. I didn't think I had the experience or the, um, I don't know, the swagger or whatever it took. So, But I could work with buyers because I had been a property manager before, you know, years and years ago and I knew how to show properties. So I, I was confident, confident doing that. They had their own contracts. Um, the Buyer's Connection was geared only towards the buyer's agencies. And uh, and it was you know a totally different contract. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, this is, this is illegal." Um, the attorneys, you know, we're going to have them look at it whenever we would present an offer. Um, and we did get leads through um, their marketing, so we did get people that thought they needed a buyer's agent, so they would call us, and we got leads. So I had quite a few buyers that I would take out. 
And uh, every, you know, listing agent would just like, um, a lot of them, in fact, back then in 1989 would say, well, don't, um, don't even accept an offer. They don't, they don't represent you. We don't, we don't work with buyer's agents. We only work with agents that will work with listing agents. So we had a lot of resistance. And we had to overcome it explaining, you know, this is the way it is in California and it's, it's coming here to Georgia and we're in the frontier of it. And in fact, just one little quick story. Steve, my son also got his real estate license um, right after I did. He was 20 years old, 21, just out of college. And, um, he went on a listing appointment. Uh, he went to present, he went to present a, uh, an offer on a buyer's agency agreement. And the listing agent who's been around for years and years and years in Dunwoody, Said, come in here. This is he came back and was really funny. He said, come in here and tell me. Let's tell me all about your buyer. Tell me, do you know? Do they? Um, are they very motivated? Do you think they? You know, they think they'll take this or that and all that. And Steve looked at you. You know, we can't talk about this as buyers agents. And she goes, what do you mean? Uh, and so this was an older lady. She could not understand why. Um, you know, anybody would not work as a sub-agent and cost a lot of, it was just a stir that was, you know, took a couple of years. And then finally, the Real Estate Commission came up with, they would now uh, allow buyer's agencies and they would put it on the contract where you check, check the box to be a buyer's agent. But um, going from there, the reason we started virtual properties because uh, in 1990, about a year after the buyer's connection and then the real estate commission came out with the contracts or uh, just before i think remax imperial and dunwoody was the first um company that would um allow agents to do buyer's agency and so we went with them um because the splits were better you know we felt like we could um it was like a 50 50 split with the buyer's connection so um but the fees were very high back then it was like two thousand a month and uh, we, you know, and this was sharing an office, a small office with three other desks. My son and I would share one desk. And uh, it was very expensive, and we had to get our own leads, and it was getting, you know, we were spending more money than we were making trying to stay in business. And so I said, let me just start our own company in our, um, I call it my basement, but the correct term is lower level of your home um and uh let's see you get get out of this expense you can stay at remax i'll try to um you know build a business uh, with a lot of marketing save some costs and all that because i would it'd be costing me less if we weren't with remax so i started doing that in 1991 and started feeding steve listings um i mean uh, business uh, when he was with remax and uh, we called the company Virtual Properties because um, we, it, we were building, there was just then virtual uh, tours were coming out with a photography called IMAX. And they were out of Tennessee. And so I bought a camera, a couple thousand dollar camera. And we promoted um, for listings for Steve from my company, calling it um, Virtual Properties Photography. It was called Virtual Properties Realty. And we would be promoting them in all of our marketing with photography that was um, better than anybody else's. So that was our, like, niche. We had a niche. And so um, so we started with one agent. That was Steve and I. And uh, we since um, built it up to 3,200 agents. Um, that was pretty much how we got started in, um, you know, to get the company going and um, why we started Virtual Properties Realty. So let's talk about lessons learned while building your business. What are your two top lessons that you've learned through the process? 
Okay, because you know I was older, like in the late 50s, and I'm almost 80 now. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of lessons, and it was hard for me to pick the top lessons that uh, I would want to, you know, mention as important. And um, I and I think um, through it all, I, I tend to stress easily. I mean, as far as stressing, I mean, I get anxiety and worries and stuff like that. So um, preparation helped me and patience um, so that, um, you know, I would be prepared for things that would come. And um, so those would be my two um, two lessons that I would learn that uh, I would that I've learned that has helped me in real estate. Now, in preparation, um, I would say that um, one of my favorite quotes was was Zig Ziglar. One of his favorite quotes that I tell myself often is uh, success. Hmm. Success happens when opportunity uh, and preparation meet. So being prepared for success is is the way I, I you know had to operate in order to succeed. And um, so what I've, I've I've done that knowing that helping my agents, um, we have a tremendous back office for our agents where there's uh, frequently asked questions, uh, all the things I can think about that they would think about. I try to think about and have them answered. I have checklists for you know how to um, you know go on a listing appointment. I try to think of you know, getting the bullets down so that they get confidence. We have tutorials. We have lots of resource links. Um, we have a, a school, a real estate, real estate school that uh, seats almost 100 people. And uh, we train. We have, we have classes every day. We're trying to build up agents and helping them prepare for success. And if they can't come to our meetings, we have Zoom. And so we Zoom out a lot of our classes. And we have a full-time instructor that um, comes in. Um, she does 12 or 14 classes. She's professional um, helping agents. So we have plenty of training to help them be prepared. And just for short, uh, a real short note, um, when I was working as a buyer's agent, um, lots of times it would be on the weekends, and my husband and I would want to go out to dinner. And I had to prepare us before GPS. And um, so it will always run into the dinner hour, and it was not good for the marriage, me preparing for the next day. So what I did, because um, we didn't have GPS, we had maps, map books, and there were different pages. And then the MLS would tell you what page the listing was on. So I would sometimes I would show 20 page 20 homes in one day, and they were on many different map pages. So um, I went ahead and prepared ahead of time. Uh, all the map pages and did like 20 pages. I mean, it was like a bit expensive, uh, uh, you know, job getting them all in little folders by map number so I could pull them out, pull together map number one, like 192 and 193 and 194, and then the ones under them. So I would have a big, huge um, map, and then I would draw out everything. Um, so, but I could pull them up together real fast out of my home. Um, and um, put together and, and route out the routes, house number one, number two, according to the geographic, um, the way, the most likely best way for the route to go to show homes. Because I, I really worked hard to give them the most amount of money, uh, the most amount of homes they could go in, uh, and make it, you know, so that if, when they would get through, they would go like, we're just, we cannot go and see another house. Let's just pick one. You know, I just wanted to get get them more. But that was preparation. One of the things I would do. Now they got the GPS, they don't have to do that. 
And another one was the audit. Um, the, the auditors were coming to do, uh, audit our books. It's like we were in a couple of years, and they just announced they're coming in two weeks to you know to do our audit, GREC, the Georgia Real Estate Commission, and they do this for all brokers. And uh, I was going on a cruise, and then I was coming back. I thought, uh, you know, I can prepare real quickly. But when I got back, I was sick as a dog. I, I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed. And they were coming like on a Monday. Friday, I, I called them and said, um, you know, I can't, I, I can't, I don't think, I, I mean, I'm throwing up. I've I mean, got really something bad. I don't know what it is. We bet, can we reschedule it for Monday? I mean, on Monday for another day. And then this is Friday late. And then I'm waking up Monday and I'm still sick. I mean, fever. And I think, you know, she might not have gotten this message. I'm just worried she's coming. This is not good. She's going to, you know, give me bad points for not being there for her audit. So I got up sick as a dog, went, um, got in the car. I had, had to carry my folders with me and, and big files, drug them up to, we were in an office suite. By then, this was like the second or third year we had gotten an office suite and um, carried them up there. And sure enough, she was right there when I pulled in. She was getting ready, getting out of the car to do our audit. And so I was so glad because I was prepared for that audit. Um, before, um, like uh, every day, I was making sure I was, if I ever had an audit, I was ready. And, and if I hadn't been ready, I probably would not have been in real estate because I was, everything was just like it should be. All of our books, all of our files, everything was right. And, um, therefore, they never came back again. It's the only, oh, that's great. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> so. They, I, we, so that was good. I could have, you know, really messed up. But that's again a preparation thing. Always be prepared because you never know what's going to happen. And the okay. other one, patience. The other one is patience, the second one. And my favorite saying is, inch by inch, life's a cinch, yard by yard, life is hard. It took virtual properties 20 years, and now um, in the last year we had over uh, 10,000 transactions, $2.1 billion in sales. We have 17 offices, 1,200 agents, 10 brokers, and 37 employees. We're the largest privately owned real estate company in Georgia right now. We're ranked 24th nationally for G- GCI for independent companies. And um, and my favorite story, I have stories. Um, I, I read motivational books all the time because, you know, because I can get worried and down, you know, so I, I try to always stay positive and, and I have stuff by my desk all the time. And one of um, just to throw it in there, just wasn't in my notes, but one of my favorite for anybody who wants to know is the seven spiritual laws a success by Deepak Chopra. Oh, it will uplift you if you ever have a bad day. You just read that, and it will get you. Um, it will. It will just get your mind right, and you can pick it up and go the next day if you had a bad day. But Zig Ziglar's story in one of my books I read that uh, I love is the, is the story about the bamboo tree, and this is true. This is uh, a true. Uh, this is a real um, a true story about the bamboo tree. You, if you plant a seed. It takes that seed five years to grow. You don't see it. It's in the ground. You water it. You fertilize it. You keep. You just get, keep, keep the faith. It's, you know, it's going to grow. And in five years, all of a sudden, it sprouts up one day. Uh, it's, you see the sprout coming up, and it will grow eight feet within six weeks. And so five years to wait for eight weeks, you know, to get it eight weeks, uh, six weeks is amazing. But during all this time, and this is the moral, 
the root system is growing. You can't see it. You don't know. You know, you got to keep the faith. But it's building the base for when it does happen, it can support what is going to happen coming. So you just keep on going. You just keep on preparing, you know, like it's going to happen, and it will happen. Most brokers build their businesses with a strategic mix of organic growth and mergers and acquisitions. So tell me how you grew your business, and did you have one year where you just made a huge growth leap? Right. We grew it by putting the agents first, always, providing what the agents want. We, Being agents, we knew what they wanted. We strive to have the best commission splits out there. Because we're independent um, companies, we don't have franchise fees and stuff like that. So we have some room there. Um, we uh, we have a large choice of commission splits with a cap. And word of mouth. Um, and our biggest leap came in, in 2003 when we moved from an office suite uh, and um, to an office building that was on Sugarloaf Parkway, which is our largest uh, really main road and a very busy street. And we had a big sign we uh, negotiated uh, in that office. I, mean, I wouldn't say 2,000, 3,000 square feet. So we had a big sign. It was a new a Class A office building and a big sign saying virtual properties coming soon. And when we came, it was already advertising. They agreed to do that. And we built it from 100 to 200 agents. Hmm, great. That was That's that. great. So um, what is your greatest challenge in your business? Keeping up with the technologies coming out every day, the disruptors. Um, we we pride ourselves in our technology. We have like add-ons um, where agents uh, we we negotiate really good deals because of our size, where we can provide the best technology out there, and we think that's better than having in-house technology because you spend all this money doing in-house, and what happens is it changes. Uh, so we we keep looking at what the best companies are. And we uh, go with them, and we provide that with our agents. They have choices, and uh, there's build-ons. We do provide some a lot of free technology, but there's some really good technology out there that we get really good discounts for them. And we're and we're trying to keep our commission splits um, very high for the agents and the fees low. Yeah, I think technology is a big challenge, and all of the disruptors are. That's a big challenge for a lot of brokers. Mm-hmm. So where do you see the most opportunity um, in the coming year in real estate brokerage? Well, for us, and right now we've embraced it, the iBuyer. We have a, a whole division um, with training, reg, you know, re- weekly training on how, how to embrace the iBuyer. Um, we have, uh, uh, you know, what we call the buy box with, with all the different iBuyers, what, what, you know, what, what they're, um, how they, um, you know, what they require and this sort of thing. And we trained our agents to go to the listing appointment, um, get the information, you know, find out if they would be interested in an instant offer. No problem. We've got iBuyers immediately ready to give you an instant offer within 24 hours. Uh, We send in the information to the uh, iBuyer. They come back within 24 hours with a quote. Um, and then we go side-by-side side comparing that with the traditional agent, with the CMA. And then they can make the decision. It's, um, we're, leaving, we're, we're letting the, the um, listing person be in the, the transaction. They make the decision. Give them the information. We're advisors. And we embrace, we embrace all opportunities because we do represent them. What's the best, best way for them to sell their home? 
And uh, it's some of the uh, there are some uh, software programs out there that will give you that right there in the listing appointment, but they're not real legitimate offers. We get real legitimate offers they can sign it that day, not just what um, you know a, a uh, algorithm will give you give them. This is real offers. Yeah, that's so important. Um, you know, I've been hearing a lot about the i buyers and the brokerages who are embracing it tend to be doing really well. Uh, with that strategy, oh, yeah. so yeah, they have confidence. Agents have confidence; they can meet any objection. Right. So let's talk about recruiting. Obviously, you do a phenomenal job with recruiting. So, what are some lessons that you've learned um, trying to figure out the recruiting puzzle? Okay, the recruiting puzzle. Um, you know, I guess <laughs> I guess one of the things that amazes me. Um, is the reason why agents leave. Um, the, um, you know, they give you these reasons, and, it's, and it's, it doesn't meet reality. And, um, you know, for example, um, you know, they'll, they'll say, we, we get exit interviews, why they leave. And then we get, you know, reasons why they come. We get that, you know, in their application. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons, you know, they'll leave is they say they want a smaller company. Um, or, or a larger company. Well, this, and the, but the people, agents coming in are coming in because they think we're a larger company or we're a smaller company. That's the reasons that they're coming. Or more training. We offer every kind of class you can ever have, and then um, they're leaving for more training. But they're coming to us because there's more training. They've been to our training center. They know we have instructors. So, you know, they want to join a team. We have dozens of teams. Um, they leave for that. They want to join a team. But then people come to our company because they're, you know, they're joining a team. So, I mean, it's like this, all this stuff, you know, like, it just really puzzles me. They just want to move around. It doesn't, there's no reason or rhyme to it. Um, whatever their excuse is, um, it, it doesn't meet reality. And so the lessons uh, for recruiting, we have the ambassador program, which is a um, residual income where they tell their friends and they get residual income um, um, you know, for for their um, uh, you know referral that comes in, they make some money off of it, and uh, we do a lot of uh, postcard mailing, telling them all the the reasons where you know we think they're the we're the best company. Okay, great. Um, so you talked a lot about that you read a lot of very motivational um, books, and that you follow some some motivational speakers in that. So what or who inspires you the most? Well, um, you, know, I, I, you know, I really like Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of a spiritual book. Um, I like him. I like uh, Dennis Waitley. I like, I think he's a good one. And one of the one of the one of the um, one of the expressions that I have to I read all the time, and I, in fact I have it um, written on my desk um, in front of me on a clipboard or a pushpin. Um, it says, uh, "We cannot ch- choose the time when we will fully bloom. It happens in God's time. God is not. God has perfect timing. He's never early, never late." It takes a little patience and a lot of faith. And I keep reminding myself I've got to let go and let God, and I cannot control everything. And so that one, to me, is one of my favorite quotes that helps me um, 
let go when things aren't going right and just have faith that you know it's going to be a better day tomorrow yeah that's a that's a great one um well karen thank you so much for joining uh the real trends podcast today and i appreciate you interviewing with us well i enjoyed it talking to yeah. you yeah 